0: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. This hour of the Mark Reardon Show is sponsored by Gamma Tree Experts. Your trees deserve the best care. Call Gamma Tree Experts.
1: I'm what you wanted. It's in your eyes. I'm picture perfect. I'm always right. I'm only vapor.
2: It's only lies. We be forest fires. We be forest fires. Welcome back. Third hour on St. Louis's Home for Conservative Talk. We have a couple things we're going to get through this afternoon. Matt Paulie from the Wex side is going to come in and talk sports. There was a story from a week ago that I never got to really talk about and it deals with the name image and likeness and this quarterback from Florida who was basically being offered 13 million dollars in an NIL deal that kind of went belly up but some of the things that are happening in the world of collegiate sports in particular fascinating we'll talk a little uh, AFC and NFC championship game and maybe talk about the Cardinals as well with Mr. Pauly an audio cut of the day and more right now We just thought we'd invite someone that I went to high school with in the studio to talk this afternoon. Todd Blackstock, who is with STL TV. And, yes, we did, in fact, we can confirm that we went to Parkway West, class of 1983 together, right? That's right. And when you invited me, actually, you said, what's your email?
1: And uh, I was like, this this has got to be some kind of a scam. So I was like, all right, what's our uh, alma mater's?
2: mascot. Yeah, we've, we've communicated, I think, a little bit over the years. It was funny because I started seeing your name on Facebook and I don't know, We I know we exchanged a message, message and we talked about maybe getting together or doing something. And when I first saw your name, I think, because let's let's face it, the original reason for Facebook was to find out if you could connect with all your high school girlfriends, right? That, <laughs> I think that's what, what they set it up for. But then you see people that you had lost contact with. And truth be told, we went to high school together, but we were never really particularly close. Uh, I think we played Football together, if I'm not mistaken, you were on the football team. Yeah, I you? played
1: football, baseball, and ran track at Parkway West. We had the legendary Jack Wells uh, was oh, the coach, yeah. and you know I tell you he was something. Wells he was, was special. great.
2: He really was. Now I only played sophomore year when Keith Gabbert was our quarterback. Keith Gabbert, he was a and I've kept hell in contact player. with Keith. Uh, I still talk to him and see him every once in a while. Dirk Elsperman, yes, uh, a legend in St. Louis with Tarleton. Yeah. He, he was great. And the only reason, and you were, if I remember correctly, you were a starter, right? Were you a wide? Yes, I was the wingback. Wingback. Yes. Okay. I was in motion like every play. <laughs> I was a, uh, and this is hard, and I don't know how much you remember of me, but I weighed like two hundred eight pounds when I was in high school. I wore the husky size. I didn't so remember
1: I... you being that that thick. I remember talking to you in the hallway upstairs uh, during the locker base one time. And weren't you, like, on KMOX, KMOX in, like, high school? I or you were in some radio station? Well, no, I
2: started, so they, this is what surprised me when when I found out you were doing STL-TV. We should define, what is STL-TV for people who don't know?
1: STL-TV is the City of St. Louis Communications Division. Uh, we have our own channel. We're in that little building right across the street from St. Louis U High right there in the uh, southeast tip of Forest Park. And we uh, we produce programs like Inside Sports. Uh, I'll be going on my, what, 23rd year right now with that show. We won the City of St. Louis's first Emmy Award right. for the history of Negro League that. Baseball. Yeah. Thank you. I uh, I was uh, given a nice day down at City Hall with Alderman Dan Kerner with a resolution and all that. But we do uh, City Corners. ABC picks them up on uh, Saturday mornings and uh, the Daily Mix with Angela Sharp, and we uh, cover. I guess, started out covering the Board of Aldermen meetings, and it's kind of taken a, a little bit of a new life from there. Go to a lot of the mayor's press conferences and things like that, and, you know, what we try to do is is, is cover the city of St. Louis and, you know, highlight some of the neat things going on. I did a program in your ward uh, for many years, and we would go around with a different alderman and, you know, find out, you know, what new businesses are going sure. in, in, like Grand Center with Marlene Davis or... Uh, you know, just Donna Barringer. I was hoping she was going to be, like, leaving when I when I came to have a crossover she, with her. She sometimes
2: is here for the roundtable, for sure. Yeah, well, I know. In fact, I got a message from Donna uh, today about something, actually. Well, look, when I was that, and this is what you're remembering, there was this little radio station that was right up from Parkway West, directly west of Parkway West on Clayton Road. So Parkway West is like right. Clayton and Baxter. And then there was a, a YMCA Okay, There's K- a big house that was YMCA, but K- okay. KYMC. KYMC. It was owned by the YMCA. So there were several of us that worked at that radio station. Greg Hewitt's another guy that worked in, in the industry for a long time who was a, a KYMC guy. And that's how I got my start. And I was doing stuff with the record business as well, went off to Mizzou. But I had no interest. Now, the, the one guy that I knew was perhaps interested in broadcasting, his name came up this week because we both graduated with Chip Carey, who we're expecting is going to be named the new um, replacement for Dan McLaughlin on Bally Sports or whatever Bally Sports is going to turn into because they're apparently going to go bankrupt, so I'm not sure what's going to happen there. But I knew Chip pretty well in high school, but he didn't work at KYMC. <clears> so <throat> then I see your name, Estee, I'm like, I remember Todd Blackstock ever being interested in broadcasting. So what was your path? Peggy Dirsch was our, my broadcast teacher at Parkway West. Then I went
1: down to southeast Missouri, and I was in the radio station KRCU with this guy Herb Taylor, and he would make us watch the movie Network. You know, with nice. Faye Dunaway yeah, right. and uh, you know, who's like William Holden. Who's the guy? He's Howard Beale. Yeah, right. I'm mad as hell, and I'm not gonna take it anymore. Iconic, and he would legendary. Stand up on the on his chair in the in our classroom, and he would yell and scream. George Wise uh, sat right next to me. He was a guy in in local media, and guys like Brian McKenna were down there. But we did the uh, the KRCU thing down there, and uh, when I graduated from high school, I. I got involved with KYMC. So you did end up I going there? I did KYMC okay. for a little while and I was working at there and out at uh, V100 KWRE 5:30 a.m. in the Westplex doing high school football and I was doing high school football on KYMC like the Parkway Central West yeah, right. Lafayette Marquette games and I just uh I was doing some stuff with the radio and I was playing for credentials cuz the Rams just got to town.
2: So so this is circa 1997, right around there. 95, yeah.
1: yeah, And and Rick Smith is like, oh, who are you? You know, you you look like he's trying to sell me a used car here. He goes, every radio station wants five or six credentials. I'll give you one, and I better see you at these games. Wow. So to make a long story short, a couple months later, Kirk Reynolds and Rick Smith, and they're like, Jackie Slater wants to broadcast high school games. So I'm like... Pick me. Yeah. So Jackie I mean, right. comes on. We do a couple of games, one of them being the state semifinal game at Parkway South with Central and South. NFL Films shows up to Parkway South. We've been going back and forth, you know, with you know logistics and things. And they have a guy, they mic us all up. Jackie's there, he does the coin toss. There's helicopters flying. Malcolm Briggs, everybody's up there. And it turned into the the, the final segment of the Jackie Slater story on NFL films. And I won an Air Award for that. And Jackie and I have kind of been in contact off and on. NFL Hall of Famer made the move with the Rams from uh, L.A. to St. Louis. And he played in a game, which was his 20th year with the same team in the NFL. That was a record. And he helped uh, me win an air award, and I'm uh, in the in the last segment of the Jackie Slater. So it's like one of those John Facenda and the Jackie Slater, right,
2: his, right, right, in the twilight
1: of his career, you know, well, broadcasting awesome.
2: football. So that games. that's sort of how it started. And you never you never went to another market; you stayed here in St. Louis. I've stayed here
1: the whole time. My family's here. I mean, I was born in Boston. My dad was involved. Oh, you were he born, but I
2: didn't know that. Yeah,
1: and lived in New York for a while, uh, and then came to this back to uh, Maryland Heights in the '70s. Went to McKelvey School, lived over on Sereno, you know, in Manchester. How'd you get
2: to Parkway West?
1: I, I played baseball with the Ball and Blazers with guys oh, like John okay. Hellman and Paul Ellis. I always wanted to play for the Ball and Blazers. You know, they win in, you know, uh, Missouri State titles every year. And I finally got on the team the last year Paul was the coach, and then John Hellman's dad Took over, but guys, John Rollo, John Hellman, all these Mark, Middle, John Middlecoff, all these guys. Oh. I was playing football, JFL, Bonham football, Parkway basketball. They all went to West. All the guys on, yeah, my team. I know
2: some of the names you're tossing. I'm like, yes, I remember John Middlecoff and names like that. Yeah, right, absolutely. And so
1: uh, I was like, Mom, we gotta, we gotta move. I want to go to West. And she uh, she's like, Well, Desmet wants you to play football there, and they've like, you know, offered some kind of a deal. I'm like, Mom, are you kidding me? You know, there's no girls at DeSmet. There's like six hours of homework yeah, a night. that. And August Bush went to Parkway West, and he didn't even live in
2: our district. Well, okay, but he also got kicked out of DeSmet <laughs> or somewhere. He got kicked out of somewhere, right? I don't remember, remember that, that, that. So he did. He got kicked out. But you remember that they flew him in one time at least once, yes. the helicopter to the football field? Yes.
1: That's not a lie.
2: Yeah, no, that, that happened.
1: happened. <laughs> we thought it was, you know, we had so many assemblies as at Parkway West, and yes. we just thought it was, you know, someone's going to parachute in today or whatever.
2: <laughs> I never—did you ever get—you know, he would do—he was—August was in uh, the class ahead of us. We were class yes. of 83. Right. He was— class of 82, but he would have parties. Like, I wasn't cool enough to get invited to the parties where they would take people's keys and stuff like that. You ever go to one of those? You know, all the guys a year ahead of me, yeah, they, got, they, they all got to go to those. Right.
1: Molinoff and Estrada and all these guys like that. But he was in my gym class, and we were actually weightlifting partners. He would stroll, in. he'd have his jams on, his sunglasses, and he'd just come strolling, and I'm not a
2: care in the world. Yeah, well, it happened. Alright, well, let's talk about some of the things you've done, because you focus a lot on STL TV, on sports, right?
1: You know, I do that. I, I just started redoing uh, or started back with the City Corners recently, and I had uh, Wendell Covington Jr., a guy doing a lot of stuff. He he took over from Martin Matthews at the Matthews Dickey Boys and Girls Mm -hmm. Club. He was there for like three years. Now he's doing a lot of stuff, community impact programs to bring, you know, the people in the city together. And then uh, Leanne Matthews, the creative artistic director at Westport Playhouse, uh, most recently that show will be on tomorrow
2: at 5.30 a.m. On ABC. Set the DVR. What do you think overall about, I think it'd be good to get your perspective on this. You know, I I left St. Louis. Well, I was in Columbia for a while, so I went to Mizzou after we graduated. Then I stayed in Columbia. That's where I started in media. I worked for radio, music radio there, and then eventually talk in 1992. But I came back here briefly in 96, right when the Rams were here, worked for what was then uh, KSD. AM. I don't know if you remember that. That was a weird lineup. It was Frank Opinion, me, Dr. Laura, and Kevin Slayton. And then we had the Rams, too. Like We had the Rich Brooks Show, which was about the most boring radio that you could ever see. But then I went to Milwaukee, and I was gone for a long time. So I've been back since 2006. But I've seen the ups and downs of St. Louis, I guess, is the point of this. And it just we talked about this. I do this political roundtable on Fridays at 3, and we talked about it today. It's unfortunately a a theme that runs very constant in the show's the city has so many good things happening right now. I mean, the soccer stadium is mind-blowingly cool, right? Now, I'm sure not even is. a soccer guy, but I'm excited about it. And I can't wait for it to open. you got the foundry. You have all these things going on. We know how great the Cardinals are. We can kind of talk about the Blues later. But then you have the crime issue that is holding us back right now. And I've got more and more people, Todd, from the area that we grew up in, in West St. Louis County, that uh, the way I usually put it is, 15 years ago when I came back they'd say oh I don't want to go to downtown st. Louis it's too dangerous and I'd say stop it it's not it's fine right I can't say that anymore with a straight face because it's it's pretty dangerous you
1: know I think the best way to approach going to the sporting events is is when you go to those go with the masses you know you get there I think if you park you know in the garages right there it's pretty safe going to the ball games uh, there's just thousands and thousands of people but you don't want to stay there all night go to Broadway oyster bar and then stroll down the road you know at that's 2:30 in the morning that's right. the problem people get drunk and then they 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 stay out and they start wandering down the streets and they're just like sitting
2: ducks but what from your perspective though what what what's Missing here in St. Louis to kind of push this forward. We always get compared to some of these other Midwestern season, uh, cities, Nashville, for example. Well, we don't have country music. We don't have that, but we do have the Cardinals. We have. And we got the blues people to come and here. blues
1: music too. I mean, if you think about St. Louis, I mean, we do. I mean, if we now got the Battle Hawks coming back. You know, that's like uh, people go, are excited going about going to a middle. You know, I went to those games, and the whole bottom. Section were sold out. Everybody's going ka 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 and everybody's got their gear. They got they're into they're it. Doing, they're into it, and they kept the name. So yeah. I'm very excited about that. It's only five games a year. No, but it's
2: going to be fun. And for younger people in particular who, who were maybe kind of gapped with the whole Rams thing where they didn't go out and become a part of that excitement when they were good and tailgate, there are people, younger people, that are getting together, buying tickets that aren't that expensive. They're tailgating. They're having a good time. I love it. I love it from that perspective. I mean, the product on the field, i have to wait and see because I'm an NFL snob. But I still think it's a good thing well, for the Well, A.J.
1: McCarron was a starting quarterback in Alabama. Absolutely. And, I mean, he's going to be our quarterback. Anthony Beck, uh, the head coach there, he's a, a quality guy, played for the Rams. You know, Brandon Williams, a local guy, you know, playing the – Ricky Prohl a coach. Yeah, I know. You know, so uh, I think that's coming up here. I guess the first home game is not till March. Yeah, but they have three, they three, or four three games, games on the
2: road, yeah. and then they come back. But it, it's a – look, I, I think they're doing it. Smart because of the financials. They're all practicing down in Dallas, right? So mm-hmm. they won't actually practice here. They'll fly in for the games and uh we'll see what happens with The uh, Rock
1: owns the whole league.
2: Yeah, well, good. I think that might actually help. What about the Cardinals? What are your anticipations? Let's talk a little baseball here. Matt Polly's coming in from the uh Cardinals Radio Network. We'll talk some sports in the next segment. But obviously, I mean anytime I, I, you've you have the Here's World a- Series
1: or you've got the MVP at first base and like the third or fourth you know uh in the That's voting a good thing. uh Aronato at third base i mean you got two guys like that and then you sign contreras from the cubs uh i mean Yachty is is one of our all time favorites and in- a legend in St. Louis, probably make the Hall of Fame someday. Um, but you know, Contreras is going to be an upgrade now because Yachty is like pushing forty, and Contreras is. Still I'm excited in the prime to see his him. Career.
2: Look, we're only a few weeks away. Were you? Here's a here's a Parkway West question for you. So, at the front page of our 1983 yearbook, there is a picture of a bunch of people outside of Bush Stadium. We skipped school to go to the parade. I remember. In '82, were you there? Were you in that picture? Do you I know? was
1: not, and it was probably a good thing because I had a party the night before. Uh, at my house, we had some of the neighborhood kids over, and we watched the the World Series. The next day, everybody was just signing out, just leaving school and going to the um, to the parade. And that Friday, we had a game against Northwest House Springs, and all the guys on the team that skipped school that day. It was a football game. There was a okay. football and game. And I wasn't
2: on that team because I only played sophomore Well, year.
1: everybody got benched. That oh, went to the parade. Oh no! Really? Everybody got benched. That went to that parade, and I didn't. And I, you know, I had a, one of my better games of the year, and I remember catching a couple extra passes that game. And I was, you know, I got in plenty of trouble my sophomore and junior years. So my senior year, I was like, you know, you were, to, weren't you? you were a speedster, straight. weren't you? Yeah, I ran track. I was I was pretty fast. I uh, stole a lot of bases. I think I only got thrown out once in my whole life. It was by uh, I think it was a uh, Steve Carl. I was a major league baseball player's son. And it was on a real sandy field. But I got a quick one for you at Parkway West. Uh, some guys in our neighborhood, Claymont, uh, we went and skipped school and got Eric Clapton tickets. Okay. So we come, you know, come uh waltzing back up through the smoking lounge, which we had a smoking which, lounge which, back then. I and there's love that. Dan Natalie the principal, the uh the guy that you know, the cop principal, you know, the Oh, the guy, I remember him. Oh, I oh, had yeah. his office, Miss yeah. Ellis. I had to go through her, Paul Ellis' mom. And he's like, what are you guys doing? Where were you? What, what you what's happening? We go. Sorry, Doctor Natale, but uh, we had to get Eric Clapton tickets, and we pulled them out. One guy had like second row and the ninth row, left, and It's like, okay, go on. And then he let us go. Nice. And he was such a jerk. He was cool with and that. we got
2: Eric Clapton tickets, and so it was okay. You know what's funny about what you just said is. As soon as you said the smoking lounge, I I flash <laughs> back to seeing the smoking lounge, right? And I I didn't I wasn't a smoker, although I did steal cigarettes from my mom and dad and tried because everybody thought you know you could smoke at the library. I remember going to the public library and you could smoke at the library back then, which is weird if you think about it. But yeah, we had smoking lounges back then. Things have changed quite a bit in high schools. Across I wore my the jersey,
1: my football jersey, in there. I'd be smoking a cigarette. And coach Dave Bross, the sophomore coach, he'd walk by and just shake his head.
2: Right. Well you that's know, just part of I guess growing up in that era. The 80s. Well, thanks so much for coming in. Anything else you want to plug on STL TV? Yeah, I tell
1: you what, uh tomorrow morning at five thirty, the city corner. Uh, Wendell Covington Jr., Leanne Matthews will be on that. Uh, the inside sports right now is with Justin Gage, former Missouri Tiger. Yeah, he was awesome. an awesome basketball player. Played, he played both, didn't he? Yeah, and he was a, he got drafted uh, his junior year out of Mizzou by the Tennessee Titans, I believe, and he played eight years in the NFL. He's now a CBC coach, wide receivers coach, and he just got his degree. Oh, well, that's cool. From the University of Missouri all these years later. Yeah, so that's, yeah, nice. that's a little uh, story a little we're talking about. Zoo so that's to on that. the uh, STL TV's website and also I'm the uh, public address announcer for the St. Louis Surge and Kalia Collier, who's the owner, was recently named vice president of the Dallas
2: Mavericks. Well, that's from St. Cool. Louis. How did that not make news? Or if it did, I didn't see it. It right? did, but it was
1: quick, and yeah. uh, she was in and out. And she's vice president of operations, working for Mark Cuban. How about that?
2: That's a pretty well-known boss. Todd Blackstock, STL TV, Old Parkway West. I guess we can't say acquaintance, not friend. But it's good to have the reunion. Nice to see oh, you. Oh, thanks for having me. Coming Anytime.
0: In.
2: Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks
0: used with permission.
2: Seth Justman's birthday today. He was born in 1951. Keyboard player here. The legendary Jay Giles band. So happy birthday to Seth Justman. I had to say that because I love Jay Giles. And this is... Everybody knows Jay Giles band from Centerfold and Freeze Frame and Flamethrower, which I I do like quite a bit, but it's the, the 1970s, the rootsy soul stuff like this that I really, really loved. Uh, we have an audio cut of the day coming up a little bit later in the hour. Matt Polly from the Cardinals Radio Network and the KMOX side of the building is with us to talk a little sports as we head into the weekend. Matt, how are you? Happy weekend. I'm great. Happy weekend to you. We're just about there. Let's start football here. Okay. Just uh, Get your thoughts on the uh, championship games on Sunday. Everybody's making me nervous picking the Bengals. That line is shifted back and forth. I know Patrick Mahomes has the uh, high ankle sprain. I like the Chiefs in this game. It's I do a too. a game. They only had one playoff game because they were coming off the bye yeah. come on man right chiefs are gonna win i'm uh, the, i'm
3: more sure about i think the other one's kind of a pickle yeah i could see the 49ers pulling that off i think the eagles probably will win but i'm maybe i just haven't bought in on the Bengals enough but i i just i look at kansas city i look at their pedigree i look at patrick mahomes i look at andy Reid. i look at the, the different weapons they have i look what they do defensively i
2: just i love that team and i don't see them losing a home game either No, I don't either. But, you know, we've seen some weird things happen in the NFL. There's no doubt about it. And the the thing about the 49ers is I mentioned this earlier with Kusumano, I think I had forgotten it. They've won... 12 games in a row. Yeah. So you you wonder if the bubble's about to burst there.
3: I love comparing Kansas City to San Francisco because Kansas City has built around a quarterback, and then you can basically put anybody you want with Patrick Mahomes, and he's going to raise their level, where what San Francisco has done is they haven't had this elite quarterback, so they've gone and put together this amazing supporting cast of all these different people who can do really unique things, and then they're able just to insert whatever quarterback they they want to right now it's Brock Purdy and it's those guys lifting up Purdy so those two teams have been built so differently offensively but you can see there's multiple pathways to success a lot of comparisons
2: with um, Brock Purdy and Kurt Warner right now
3: yeah i think we're getting a little ahead of ourselves I think on we that are one too, but there is an Iowa connection you know he's an Iowa state guy and then you know, you know War- Warner, Kurt Warner yeah so
2: but here's, here's the thing that's impressed me, and he was, what, like one of the last picks. He was certainly the uh, 49ers' last pick, I think, in the yeah, draft, that, right? was he the overall last pick? I think he might have been. Yeah. But he, he just has come—look, you have to have mentally—you have to be so put together to be an NFL quarterback. I mean, the physical aspects, obviously, but he has— Seemingly played so cool under pressure coming in as the third string. It's been pretty impressive.
3: He's won a lot. He's an older guy. I mean, look at what he did at Iowa State. They won a lot of games with him at quarterback. He's never gonna be this elite Pro Bowl quarterback. But going back to what I was saying a moment ago, if you got pieces around you and you're a quarterback that's smart enough to not that you're not gonna go try to be a hero, you can go do what they're doing.
2: What are your thoughts right now? Because obviously you got some quarterback shuffling that's gonna go around. Where do you think um well because Matt used to work at my former station as well, on the, the Packers Radio Network, WTMJ. What's going to happen? Former with, Patrick with Packers well, Radio that's, Network. Oh, my yeah. God. And you know, that hurt. That really did hurt when they left TMJ. Uh, the Cardinals made that mistake leaving KMOX and then came back eventually. But what's going to happen with Aaron? What's he's your not, best guess?
3: He's not done. No. Uh, and I I would say it's a 50-50 on if he's back with the Packers or playing for another team you know if the three options are done play with another team play with the Packers all I'm willing to do is throw out be done he's going to be playing in the NFL next year
2: I think he's made that clear look he, yeah. he thinks now he he was criticized even Gronk came out after him because he said look on the Pat McAfee show I think I can win another MVP and Gronk's like uh, it's not just about MVP if you listen to the whole conversation he was clearly talking about winning another championship I find it hard to believe that Aaron Rodgers is just playing for himself. He wants to win with whatever team. I don't know what the best destination if he's not on the Packers would be. I guess as a Packers fan, I'm at peace with changes because they're going to come eventually. I just don't know if Jordan Love is that guy.
3: Yeah, so Nathaniel Hackett just got hired as the Jets' offensive coordinator, and he's a former offensive coordinator for Rodgers. In fact, when he got the Broncos' head coaching job, a lot of people thought that that was a precursor to Rodgers ending up in Denver, and clearly that didn't happen. So uh, the Jets have been a team that's been talked about. The Raiders have been a team that's been talked about. It would reunite him with uh, Devontae Adams. Uh, The Packers have got to figure out what they have in Jordan Love. They spent a second-round pick on him. That's a high-value pick, and they're spending some money on them at some point they got to figure out if there's anything
2: there so we got a big game in columbia missouri tomorrow with iowa state and uh and mizzou i think that's going to be a fun game really interesting college basketball going on all around st louis with slu and illinois and mizzou still maybe pointed toward the tournament would you say all three oh. potentially certainly mizzou and illinois
3: yeah, you know Illinois has kind of been in and out. They they didn't have a great start to Big Ten play. They've been playing a little better. They're going to play Wisconsin tomorrow. Uh, I think Missouri still has some things to accomplish. They've been in the top twenty five a little bit
2: this year. And they're not in the top twenty five right now. A win tomorrow Puts would be a huge in, yeah. resume builder because I'm, I'm not it's as a concerned about win. being in the top twenty five yeah. as I am just really having you know this team push forward. And I think with with Kobe being back in, I was surprised he was back in the lineup after sitting against um, Alabama, but Isaiah Mosley just looking great the last two games. He had whatever disciplinary issues we don't really know, but those two together and you know some of these other kids that are really stepping up, it could be a team that makes a little bit of noise. I mean, we're not talking Final Four, don't get me wrong, but I like them if the matchup's right to get to the Sweet 16.
3: Maybe that that's not out of the realm of possibility. Tomorrow, a lot of season left. We're gonna learn a lot because it's this weird non league game right yeah. in the middle of league season, and you're at home against a top fifteen team. If you're a tournament team, that's that's a game you want to win.
2: Yeah, absolutely. All right. One of the reasons I wanted to have you in here last week, and we had to cancel because um, one of us talked too much during another segment. That was me. Uh, the story that I think a lot of people haven't heard about. It's a name, image, and like this deal that was offered and then apparently later reneged upon um, in Florida. G. Allen Taylor, who covers the Gators for The Athletic, published this story a couple of weeks ago about how this NIL collective at the University of Florida offered a contract to Jaden Rashada, four-star recruit from California, worth $13 million. On November 10th, he signs a deal with Gator Collective an NIL booster group run by Florida baseball player Eddie Rojas, former Florida baseball player. So these collectives are where you have boosters, and look, I had dinner with Coach Drink over the summer, and we talked a lot. I got a very interesting, you know, education in NIL, where you have boosters, you know, people like you, Matt, that have a lot of money that put money into the programs, <laughs> and you have this collective, and from that collective, you pay players. Mm-hmm. But thirteen million dollars.
3: Yeah, I hear. Okay, so not to like totally derail what you're saying, but to me, the biggest takeaway here and what needs to get fixed is. These athletes still need to be committed to the program and not just committed to money that's mm. coming from a third party. When the, This is not an apples-to-apples apples comparison, but this is how I described it to somebody. Mark, it would be like you going and interviewing for a job at another radio station, and they're going to pay you something, but that doesn't really matter, but there's this, there's this business, and they say, we're going to pay you gobs and gobs and gobs of money to endorse our product on this new station that you're going to go work for. So you're going to take this job, because you're making all this money from this third party. And then all of a sudden- Can can I get that job, by the way? I'll I'll see what I can do about that. Keep me posted. Then all of a sudden the third party says to you, yeah, uh, we're actually not going to do that. So now you- are not committed to that radio station, you're not making the money that you wanted to make, and you're just kind of out there. And I think that's where the problem exists right now. We've got to figure out a way that these student-athletes are still making decisions. I'm not against them getting paid, don't get me wrong. I'm not anti-NIL at all. But we've got to figure out a system where these kids are committing to a program and not committing to third-party money.
2: And he's still, and I don't know how we do that, but he's still... At Florida, right? He hasn't jumped ship, but no, he's out. He's oh, gone. He,
3: he he got his release, so okay. he's uh. I, the, the I haven't seen anything in probably close to a week, but the last I saw was that he was talking with a couple Pac-12 schools. Okay,
2: interesting. Let's talk a little baseball. You are heading down to uh, spring training when? Super Bowl Sunday. It's oh, awesome, isn't yeah. it? And it's going to be crappy and cold in February. You'll oh, be down I'm in so Jupiter, Florida. So we can't wait for baseball. You know that, Matt. You've you've been back here. How long have you been back in St. Louis now? About seven months. Okay. Yeah. So you weren't even here for the full season last year. A lot of anticipation and excitement. I still think some questions about the lineup um, and the pitching. So I I don't know. What, What are you most interested in here in a couple of weeks when this team gets on the field and starts working out?
3: Yeah, so I think them being in the NL Central is a benefit because the NL Central stinks. And what that, they've got so many question marks. You look at a position player standpoint, they have four guys who have a year over year track record. Goldschmidt, Arenado, Edmund, and Contreras. There is not another position player on the roster who has put together year-over-year year track records of success. And if you don't do that, there's no reason that you can assume that they're going to do it. So they go in with so many question marks. We don't know what Tyler O'Neill, what Dylan right. Carlson, what Lars Nootbaar, what Nolan Gorman, we don't know what any of these guys are going to do. So they get to sit back and watch which one of these guys do take the step forward which ones don't take the step forward, and then they can analyze their roster needs from there. Where if you're in the East or the West, Mark, you do that and you have a bad start to the season, you might be... 12 games out after one month because of the money that's been thrown oh, around in the saying. east and the west. So, I think the Cardinals aren't really. I, I think I don't think the roster is complete. I, th- I want to be very clear on that. The roster is not complete. They need to add to the roster, but they are in a fantastic place where they're going to be able to more specifically add to the roster.
2: Well, what are your thoughts? So, we sat here a year ago, and because we're Cardinals fans, we root for people like Matt Carpenter and Paul DeYoung and you know, people that seemingly can't play to the level that they were able to because they're part of our team and and they achieved something in the past. And we so much wanted Paul DeYoung. I did. And I thought that when he came back at one point, it looked like he was going to start tearing it up again. And then it didn't happen. Now we're hearing reports that he's revamped the swing, doing some different things with the leg kick, uh, hoping for the best. Can we hope that something might change there? Are you optimistic or not? I'd take that as a no. (laughs) I'm not. I hope it works. Uh, it seems like he's grasping
3: for straws in many ways when you're completely trying to revamp your swing. That being said, the Cardinals do have really smart people that can you know, look at the video and analyze things. There certainly is a possibility it works. Derek Gould just wrote a fantastic story in the Post-Dispatch that really analyzed the things he's changing. So it can work, but there's I'm not going to sit here and tell you for sure it is going yeah. to work. That's a huge
2: question mark going in. What about Jordan Walker? A lot of buzz about him right now. Yeah, I mean,
3: I'm excited. I'm and he is going to be given every opportunity to make the team out of spring. If he plays his way onto the roster, he is going to be on the roster. And the moment he's on that big league roster, he is an everyday corner outfielder for the Cardinals for the foreseeable future. He oozes Superstar. Everything he does, the way he looks, the way he plays, the way he talks, the way he carries himself, everything says Superstar. And that's another reason that the Cardinals can kind of sit back. Last thing you want to do is go sign some veteran left-handed bat that's got to be in the middle
2: of the order and then close off an opportunity on somebody like Jordan Walker. we just don't know, and we're going to assess this, obviously, if he's ready. I mean, is this— is there an assumption that this will be the year that he's ready, or could this still be something that pushes on down the line past this season? He'll be in the big leagues this year. Yeah, I'm not going to tell you he's going
3: to be there on opening day. He may be there opening day. He'll be in the big leagues this year.
2: Matt Pauly, great to have you in. Thanks for dropping by here this afternoon. and. uh I think we'll probably talk to you before we head down to spring training, but that's exciting that that's so close. Absolutely. It's very exciting for you because it's going to be a lot warmer than here in St. Louis, but we're jealous and you'll rub that in, won't you? Of course. Okay. Well, we deserve it. Thank you, Matt. Have a great weekend. Don't often like to leave Friday on a downer note, but I'm going to have to do that today. And I think it's important because today is International Holocaust Remembrance Day. And there were. this is still so mind boggling to me that clearly not in my lifetime, I'm 57 years old, but In the last 100 years that this happened, 11 million people were killed by the Nazis. But I have a very good friend, a couple of brothers here, Steve and uh, Rick Weinstein, who I used to ride bikes with. And Steve was telling me years ago, and he shared this with me, um, a speech that his wife's uncle, Milton Rydell, gave at the Holocaust Memorial Service in Kansas City. And this goes back to 1978. And I want to read. I don't know if I'll be able to get through all of this, but it's so important for people to hear because I think people forget and you need to remember. And you can hear about the Holocaust, and you can think you know, but then you, you read something like this. And he says, he started this by saying, my, my story is typical of those stories of any survivor. Only the names of the cities, towns, or the concentration camps may differ, but our degradations, horrors, and losses are the same. So he goes back to August of 1939. He lived in in Poland, with a population of 60,000 people. 50,000 were Jews. He was 26 years old at the time, a tailor, operating my own business, living at home with my parents, two teenage sisters, one teenage brother. My older sister and brother were married and had families of their own. On September 1st, 1939, Bendit was invaded by the German army, followed by SS commandos who took over complete control of our city. They came armed, throwing smoke and firebombs, killing Jews in the streets and in the homes they robbed and looted. There was chaos in Bendit. Following the rampage of the city, civil administration was introduced and with it a form of law and order not law and order as you and i know here but law and order for the methodical and systemic destruction of the jewish community curfews were imposed laws restricting economic cultural and social rights were imposed attendance in synagogues and schools were forbidden we were deprived of the right to walk on the sidewalks and use of public transportation any violation meant instant death orders were posted that everyone had to register with the police where your papers were stamped with a j for Jew, we were ordered to wear armbands with the Star of David, which Germans called uh, Schandeband, the band of shame. And I'm going to skip over some of this here because I want to get through some of the parts I think that are most impactful. In August 1942, all of the remaining Jews abandoned were ordered to come to the soccer field with all of the members of their families to register again. People were pushing to get in line, thinking that if they were early registrants, that they would be able to return to their home sooner. How well I recall one man yelling out to them, stop pushing. The Germans are not serving food. This is not a picnic. This is a tragedy. Before long, we realized what was happening. Mm. Unaware of their imminent doom, as the families presented themselves, they were being segregated. The older Jews were being segregated from their healthy children who were capable of working. For us, this was a tragic day. Our parents were taken from us, and we learned that they were sent to Auschwitz. Mm. Those who were not sent away were told to return to their homes and continue to work at their assigned jobs. In October, orders were posted that all of the remaining Jews in Bendin must leave their homes. They were sent to the outskirts of the city to live in houses that were assigned to them. The four of us, my little brother, two sisters, and I had to share one room with three other people, seven of us living in one room. That was known as the Bendin Ghetto. They were not allowed to leave the ghetto except to be transported under guard and from our places to work in the city." Knowing that each day more and more people were being sent away from the ghetto, I built a bunker in the attic of the house where we lived. When orders came that the ghetto must be liquidated, my brothers, sisters, and I, along with some of the others who lived in our house, hid in the bunker. The Nazis were searching all of the houses for hidden Jews. We could hear them yelling, Jews come out, everyone out. The ghetto must be cleared of Jews. It was at this moment when the infant child of a couple who were hiding with us started to cry. This is the hardest part of this. Oh, no. The child's father, no. knowing that his life and the lives of all of us in the bunker were at stake, put a pillow over his oh. child's face and smothered his own child to death. This is what people had to deal with in the Holocaust. It's, it's horrifying. It's, it, you can't even begin to describe what happened. One day, Milton wrote, during our stay... At the Gross Rosen, I learned that my older brother was also there. I was able to contact him. We arranged to meet secretly. I did not recognize him. When the war ended, I learned that my brother, too, had been transferred to Buchenwald, where he died a few days after being liberated. Again, the camps are being liquidated. This time, we're herded into open cattle trains, packed in like sardines, holding each other up with our bodies. No food, no water, the stench. And we traveled into Germany like this for three days and three nights. Many froze to death or died from starvation. We were brought to Camp Buchenwald. When we arrived here, we were told that the only way we were going to leave the place was through the chimneys. The ovens at Buchenwald were going full blast. Conditions here were such that if you found, if you were found to be sick, you were thrown out of the barracks and left to die. Every morning, special commandos removed bodies to the ovens. Our death at Buchenwald was not to be. After four weeks, we were again put on trains going west, and they went to another transportation camp. The morning of April 28th, we discovered that we had been abandoned by our guards. They had disappeared into the night. Later, we were surrounded by American Army units, and we were informed that we were free from our oppressor. For four and a half years, free of our oppressor. But there was no one to welcome our freedom, no one to shed tears of joy for us. We had no home or families to return to. We were homeless, uprooted, Splinters of a family. This is hard to read. I'm just going to tell you right now. Robbed of all material goods. Undernourished. Undermined in health. Haunted by nightmares or horrors. Witnessed or experienced. Yet, Milton Rydell writes, we were lucky. My little brother and I had each other. This was, by the way, my friend Steve's uh, wife, Susie's um, father, is the younger brother that we're talking about here. Today we are living witnesses of a world of apathy and indifference who stood by and allowed the slaughter of six Million Jews and five million non Jews. We know that we cannot depend on the conscience of the world to protect us. We survivors who had hoped for a different world, a world of brotherhood and justice, find that the threat of genocide still exists and is very much alive today. Now, this was back in 1978. Uh, But this is stunning, you know, that that, and that's just one account. We've seen, if you've seen Schindler's List or any kind of movie like that, that doesn't even begin to paint the picture of the true horrors of the Holocaust now the audio cut of the day well sorry on my apologies for being a big bummer here as we wrap up the day but i did think that was important yep. and we go from one horrible story to another because we're bracing for this release of this video and i'm looking at a live picture in memphis tennessee where there's a big um group of protesters will it be you know Peaceful protester will be violent tonight. This is the Tennessee police chief, C.J. Davis. I was in law enforcement during the Rodney King um, uh, incident. And it's, it's, you know, very much aligned with that same type of behavior. And it's worse. Sort of groupthink. Um, I would I would say it's about the same, if not worse. If so, not worse, if not worse, Yeah, they're going to release this video at 6 p.m. And they were waiting for schools to get out and businesses to close. We think about the entire public, to tell you the truth. We thought about schools. We thought about uh, business. And we felt like uh, Friday afternoon, if there were individuals decided they wanted to peacefully protest, at least other individuals would have, you know, gone home, schools would be out. And it wouldn't be as disruptive as it would have been if we released it on a, on a Wednesday afternoon. Going to come out here in a few minutes. Tyree Nichols was the man who was killed. The five former officers have been fired, charged with second-degree murder. The victim, all five officers, black. Will that make a difference when it comes to the potential violence? I don't know. We will find out. Sue, have a uh, good weekend. You we'll talk too. on Monday. Get more
0: at 971talk.com.